Okay, so we'll go ahead and introduce our next speakers. We're really excited to have them here today. We have Maggie Hart from Washington Lawyers Committee, as well as Jim Jimmy Behrman, I hope I'm saying your name right, yep, from right. Shepard Mullen. They have been working, I'm sure many of you have seen through our announcements that have come out about the legislation that just moved through in West Virginia to provide for accessible voting via absentee ballot. Um, so we're really exciting. We've been working with them for a while on this, and they're going to briefly go through what happened, what it looked like, and um, what's going on. And I'm especially excited to introduce Maggie. She and I, once upon a time ago, were colleagues together at Disability Rights DC, so it's fun to be working with her again. So Maggie and Jimmy, the floor is yours. Hello. Hi, I'm Jimmy Bierman, and I'm with the law firm of Shepard Mullen Richter in Hampton. Uh, we provided pro bono uh, assistance on this case in West Virginia, a case that we thought was going to go to litigation, but that uh, by some grit and a lot of luck uh, ended up being uh, we ended up being able to get a bill through the West Virginia legislature to um, to allow for private independent voting for individuals who are blind. Um, we're very excited about it. I, when I got on this case, had not really uh, done any work uh, on disability law. Uh, I had to rely on Maggie, who's going to tell you a little bit about the actual law behind this case. But uh, I brought something to it, which was a knowledge of politics. So first she'll go over the law, and I'll go over the politics. Thank you. Hi, good morning, everybody. Thank you for having us. So my name is Maggie, and I'm from the Washington Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights and Urban Affairs, um, where I do disability rights work. Um, and this was a really great collaboration, and we were happy to work with um, you know, ACB as well. Um, and so what, what we did was we took a, a look at the status of the law and the right of individuals with disabilities to vote privately and independently, which includes voting privately and independently in the absentee voting process. Um, as I'm sure you know, several states use paper ballots only in their absentee process, which are inaccessible um, for people with various disabilities, including people who are blind or low vision. And so, um, you know, we were looking at Title II of the Americans with Disabilities Act, which prohibits public entities from excluding from participation or um, denying the benefits of a public program. Uh, voting is, of course, a public program um, run by the states, often with federal funding, um, and so Section 504 would apply too. And so um, in West Virginia in particular, they were using a paper-only uh, absentee voting process for individuals with disabilities. Um, they had a pilot program for uniformed and overseas voters that used a mobile voting app, actually, that had a lot of accessibility features or could be used with an individual's um, appropriate individualized assistive tech. And so what we did was, um, essentially with Jimmy, actually wrote a very eloquent and persuasive <laughs> letter to the Secretary of State explaining the law, explaining the right to a private independent ballot, um, explaining how Title II works and applies, explaining that 504 applies, um, and advocating for them to expand the use of the mobile voting app um, for individuals with disabilities in the absentee voting process. Um, and because the law is on our side and clear, um, and because 
West Virginia is in the Fourth Circuit, where there was case law out of Maryland saying that online ballot marking devices um, or electronic you know, transmission of the ballot is a reasonable accommodation under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, we used those two things <laughs> um, as deftly as we could to um, explain the law and the affirmative obligation to provide accessible absentee voting to individuals with disabilities to the West Virginia Secretary of State and the legislature. Um, and that's really, that's really it, I think, Jimmy can explain a bit more uh, exactly how we did that and who we approached and how it went. So I guess you could say I was a little bit overconfident and a little underconfident. <laughs> I was underconfident because even though we had West Virginia dead to rights on the law, um, I don't trust federal judges. Uh, and I thought even with the law being extremely clear, we still only had a 75% chance of winning and it would take a long time with lots of appeals and everything. However, I was overconfident because I thought we had a real opportunity to work with, um, with the Secretary of State's office in West Virginia because they appeared, even before we met with them, to be very willing partners. Mac Warner, the Secretary of State uh, in West Virginia, is a West Point grad, and I believe his son was in the military, which is how he piloted this program to use a mobile voting app um, to allow overseas voters to vote. And in the pilot program, there were a number of um, military folks and also like Peace Corps folks and people who were just overseas who voted. Well, if they could use the app, why couldn't people who were in West Virginia use the app? And we, uh, you know, Maggie helped, uh, wrote a memo that explained all this law. We drew, we drew up a complaint. We started finding plaintiffs, which is, is really important to have plaintiffs whose stories um, make sense. I think my favorite was, was one individual who basically said to us, um, I voted for Barack Obama in 2012 in West Virginia. I didn't want anybody to know who I voted for. Um, <laughs> So, so we reached out to the Secretary of State's office. Um, we, we reached out to the Secretary of State's office, and, and we got really lucky because they actually listened to us. And we went down to Charleston and met with the general counsel of the Secretary of State, a guy named Deke Kiersey, who was really great to work with, um, the Deputy Secretary of State and the Chief Elections Officer. And we sat him down and we said, hey, this is really an opportunity for you. This is an opportunity for you to be at the cutting edge of potentially mobile voting that will help a lot of disabled individuals. And you don't actually have to do something all that new. And they were, they were actually quite um, sympathetic at first to that, and they were looking at a potential lawsuit. And we made clear that if they didn't do something, we were going to sue them, um, which, which always helps. So we thought that meeting was great, but then of course we got back uh, a letter saying essentially that the Secretary of State's office didn't think it had the power to offer this under the current... Um, uh, current uh, election code, sorry, um, under the current election code. So that's when we got the memo. The memo we wrote to them basically said, well, actually, you could do this under the current election code, and we laid out some reasons. But by the way, if you don't do this under the current election code, you're still going to get sued, and you're still going to be dead to rights under the <laughs> Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, that worked. 
they uh, immediately uh, jumped into overdrive. It was very funny because when we initially met with them, they said that they don't usually work on legislation, but they jumped into overdrive, wrote some really good legislation, let us have an impact on it. It actually extends uh, this voting option. Uh, originally, it was going to be for voters uh, who were blind or had hand dexterity impairments, couldn't use paper, but now it's for anyone who uh, qualifies as disabled under the Americans with Disabilities. Act. And then we worked with them to shepherd this through the West Virginia legislature. Again, the real key was having great partners on the ground, but it ended up, in the end, we ended up having some funny battle lines drawn. Uh, the West Virginia governor is a Republican. Both houses of the legislature are dominated by Republicans. And in the Senate, it, this bill passed unanimously almost immediately. But then there were folks in the House, some Democrats in the, in the House, who thought that this was some kind of power grab by the Secretary of State. So we explained to them that actually the Secretary of State had written this law because otherwise they were going to get sued. So it was the opposite of a power grab. So that worked as well, and we were able to get both uh, get it through the House, 40 to nothing, through the Senate. Uh, sorry, the House, 93 to nothing, through the Senate, 40 to nothing, and then Jim Justice signed this bill. So um, I'm going to kick it back to Maggie here to talk a little bit more about where we might go from here and uh, the state of the law right now again. Yep, so as Jim said, uh, Governor Justice signed this bill into law. Um, an accessible electronic voting option should be available in the primary for voters with disabilities. Um, as you also alluded to, we, in the course of doing this, we uh, took a look at the definition of a voter with a disability under West Virginia's law, and it was um, unique um, <laughs> and, and extremely limited. So we did, we did broaden it, um, uh, you know, to all individuals with uh, a physical disability and with consistent language with the ADA, which um, is is much further and more broad, not as not quite as far as I would love it to go, but we were able to do that in addition to the absentee um, accessible absentee voting option. Um, the other thing that I think was critical here and will be critical for moving forward with uh, voting rights issues across the country is those stories on the ground and your local partners. Um, so our the third kind of partner. Um, with us, who was not able to be here today, was Disability Rights West Virginia. So the Protection and Advocacy Organization for West Virginia. Um, they were absolutely essential in, in moving this bill through um, from the very beginning. And they helped to collect stories of people um, in West Virginia who would benefit from the use of an accessible um, ballot option. Uh, they also, you know, attended all of these meetings with us and, and worked with the Secretary of State's office to get this through. Um, as I'm sure you know, the, the PNAs are an indispensable resource for people across the country, and um, we were exceedingly lucky to partner with such, um, such capable, um, knowledgeable advocates and attorneys down there. Um, so many states are expanding accessible absentee voting options, um, and they are also expanding electronic voting options for overseas voters. Um, I think that states that have the option of electronic uh, balloting for overseas voters but not for voters with disabilities 
are particularly vulnerable on this issue. Um, the fact that West Virginia had that app and had used it and had used it successfully and securely was essential for our argument. Um, and so I think if people are interested in in looking at this issue in their own state, you know, look at what's available for overseas voters. Um, talk to people in your state. Start collecting those stories. Um, you know, connect with local advocates and attorneys, um, and I guess contact Claire and Clark, and they can kind of connect you to me, and I'd be happy to talk strategy with you in detail. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Maggie and Jimmy. We really appreciate it. We're running a little bit behind, but I think we can take one question if anybody has a burning question for Maggie and Jimmy. Um, this is Chris Hunsinger from Pennsylvania, and I'm curious, why did this get limited to people with definable disabilities? Is it a volume issue, or do you think disabled people are a little bit more, um, or a little bit less likely to break laws and, and try to manipulate votes? And what does the Iowa caucus issue, um, how, how badly that was managed, how, how will that affect other states' um, positions on this kind of a, of a system? And is electronic, is electronic ballot delivery um, any better than electronic uh, voting? So, unfortunate, so unfortunately, the day the Jim Justice signed this bill into the law was the day of the Iowa caucuses. <laughs> It's a different app. It uses blockchain technology to preserve uh, votes and to create a, um, a different thing that can be not cannot be changed and can be used for auditing later. It actually kind of has nothing to do with the Iowa caucus app. Uh, but yes, that is absolutely a challenge. And the challenge we have right now is that there obviously is a, an extreme amount of concern about election security. Um, I remember when we were first meeting with Jim Dixon uh, talking about this case, and he, he, he joked to us, he said, election security, the original election insecurity was stuffing ballots into a box. So um, being able to fill out a paper ballot is no help for us and no help for our community. And that, I think, still rings true. And we still will want to make that, uh, that argument at, across the state levels. Now, to your point about uh, ballot delivery versus actually voting the ballot on an, on an app. So the original case that we use, this, uh, this case out of Maryland, in Maryland they have something called an online ballot marking tool. It electronically sends the app to the individual, allows you to use technology to mark the, the, the ballot, and then you print it out and have to send it in yourself. Now obviously that presents another additional step that is harder uh, for individuals who want to vote independently independently and privately that way. You have to fold, fold up your ballot, you have to have a printer, you have to get a stamp. Um, but the thing is that that remains 100% necessary in the Fourth Circuit under the case law. They can't get around that. And so West Virginia, we think, has a real opportunity to use this mobile voting app uh, situation. But even if 
uh, security concerns grow too much, there is always a fallback of an electronic ballot marking tool that simply electronically transmits the ballot. So either way, we think that we're expanding uh, access to this, types of, this type of voting. Great. Thank you so much, Maggie and Jimmy. This has been a great partnership. Um, just to let you guys know, Maggie and Jimmy will be sticking around for lunch, so if you guys have any questions, they will be here. Um, I also just want to thank the Washington Lawyers Committee. They've worked with ACB for years now on many issues and will continue to do so. Um, and one of their other attorneys will actually be speaking later today. So thank you so much to the Washington Lawyers Committee.